1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, Mr.
2: Morning, Mr. Scrooge. Ah, humbug, everybody. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Well, the meeting will come to order if you please. Are all the advertising people represented here? Everyone except amalgamated Amalgamated Cheese. Amalgamated Cheese. Well, if they're not here for the Christmas pitch, I can't help them find new ways of tying their product into Christmas. That's why I'm chairman of this board. Uh, let's hear it for me. Here, here, here. All right, Abercrombie, what are your people up to?
3: Oh, same thing as every year. 50,000 billboards showing Santa Claus pausing to refresh himself with our product.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think the public has come to expect that. That's and, uh... right. It's become
4: tradition.
2: Fine, fine. Oh, uh, you there, Crass. Uh, I suppose your company's running the usual magazine ad showing cartons of your cigarettes peeking out of the top of Santa's sack? Uh, better than
5: that. This year we have him smoking one. Mm-hmm. Yes. It got Santa a little more rugged, too. Both sleeves rolled up and a tattoo on each arm. One of them says, Merry Christmas. What does the other one say? Less tars. Great stuff. Uh, But,
6: Mr. Scrooge... Well, who are you? Bob Cratchit, sir. I've got a little spice company over in East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, Do I have to tie my product into Christmas? What do you mean? Well, I was just going to send cards out showing the three wise men following the Star of Bethlehem. I get it. And they're bearing your spices... No, that's perfect. No, no, uh, no, no product in it. I was just going to say, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Period.
2: Well, that's a peculiar well, slogan. Old hat, Cratchit. That went out with button shoes. You're a businessman? Christmas is something to take advantage of. A red and green bandwagon to jump on. A sentimental shot in the arm for sales. Listen.
7: Deck the holes with advertising. la la la-la-la-la-la. Why? Enterprising fa la 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 on the fourth day of Christmas my true love gave to me four bars of soap, three cans of peas, two three. breakfast foods, and some toothpaste on a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five tubeless
2: tires, four quarts of gin. Two cigarettes and some hair
7: tonic on a pear tree.
6: Chestnuts roasting. Say, Mother, as sure as there's an X in Christmas, you can be sure those are Tiny Tim chestnuts roasting. Tiny Tim chestnuts are full-bodied, longer-lasting. This visible shell protects the nut. Now with XK29 added for people who can't roast after every meal.
7: Tiny Tim Tiny Tim chestnuts all the way.
6: Tiny Tim's roast hot like a chestnut, hot, and they are mild, mild, mild. mild, 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 mild,
7: mild. Get the holes with advertising, fa la 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 Tis the time for merchandising, fa la 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 never need to reason, fa la 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 Get the money, it's the season, la la la.
6: to live by, Cratchit. Ah, oh, for you, maybe. Can't you just wish someone a Merry Christmas for the pure joy of doing it?
2: Why? What's the percentage in that? Let me show you how to make Christmas work for you. We wish you a Merry Christmas,
7: we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And please buy our beer
2: There you go, Cratchit. That's
6: Christmas with a purpose. I know, but wait a minute. Don't you guys make enough profit the other 11 months? Christmas comes but once a year.
2: Huh, <laughs> funny thing you should bring that up. That's exactly the point I was about to make. Hit it, boys. Christmas comes but once a year, so you better make hay while the snow is falling. Oh, that's opportunity calling you.
7: da da rub your here, what a wonderful time
2: to be glad and merry. Just sew your mercenary toe. Bye and and show all the toys, show all the toys up on the shelf. Just make sure that you get a plug, you get a plug in for yourself. A Christmas comes, but once a year, so you better cash in while the spirit lingers. It's slipping through your fingers, boy. But do don't you realize Christmas can be such a monetary joy? Yeah.
6: Well, I guess you fellas will never change.
2: Why should we? Christmas has two S's in it, and they're both dollar signs.
6: Yeah, but they weren't there to begin with. Hmm? The people keep hoping you'll remember, but you never do. Remember what? Whose birthday we're celebrating.
2: Well, uh, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Uh, the story of Christmas and its simplicity is a good thing. I buy that. It's just that we know a good thing when we
6: see it. But don't you realize Christmas has a significance, a meaning?
2: A sales curve. Wake up, Cratchit. It's later than you think.
6: I know, Mr. Scrooge. I know.
2: On the
7: first day of Christmas The advertising's there With newspaper ads Billboards too Business Christmas cards
2: And commercials on a pair tree Jingles here,
7: jingles there Jingles all the way
2: Dashing through the snow in a
7: fifty-foot coupe, or the fields we go, selling all the way. Deck the halls with advertising. What's the use of compromising? la la la.
8: All right, Neverland Podcast, episode 55. We're going Christmas.
7: Merry Christmas! What is this? Up to
4: Neverland! Ho, 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 ho! Come in and know
6: me better, man! Ho, ho! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas!
7: Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry,
8: Well, Merry Christmas, Neverlanders. Do you have your Christmas Pixie? Do you have your Christmas Pixie? I
9: am a Christmas Pixie, right? Well,
8: of course. Well, you certainly don't want to be a Wendy bird because they get shot down by Lost Boys when Tinkerbell tells lies. So Okay, she's giving me a weird look. Well, I am once again your host, Jeremy. I am the Pan, and with me, as you heard, is Pixie Heather. Hi. Okay, hi works. You can at least wish her Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas. Exactly. Well, we've got something fun for this week. I've actually kind of changed plans. I was going to take us on another trip on the Neverland TARDIS, but we're going to do something fun this week. I have managed to find some fun audio that everybody's going to love. And uh, Well, I've got a question for you. Okay, so when's the first time you heard the story of A Christmas Carol?
9: Uh, It was probably Mickey's Christmas Carol as a kid. Um. Before that, I I hadn't known it. Yeah, see,
8: I didn't know the story at all until the Mickey's Christmas Carol had come out, and they made the big deal. Do you remember, did you ever get any of the plush toys over at Hardee's? No. Oh, well, we went and collected some of them. And I remember, I think we had a Scrooge, and I think I had a Donald Duck.
9: Okay, well, no, we did have a Scrooge. I gotta correct okay. that. We did have a Scrooge.
8: Yeah, but I hadn't even heard of the character of Scrooge, and it wasn't until later with DuckTales that I learned of Scrooge McDuck, and he was an actual full-fledged Disney character that had been around for a while, so that was kind of a weird thing for me, because I'm like, oh look, Scrooge, and uh, you know it was just kind of perfect that they did kind of name a character Scrooge McDuck, I'm sure they named him really after Ebenezer Scrooge for being the rich money bag, only not quite as stingy, although very much as greedy. But we love Scrooge McDuck anyway.
9: Yeah, when DuckTales came out, it took me a little while to adjust to that, too, because I thought, oh, Scrooge is the bad guy, right? Right?
8: All right. Well, but he was nice at the end of Mickey's Christmas Carol.
9: Well, yeah, but it was a different setting, so.
8: Yeah. So the first exposure that people of our generation probably had to Dickens' the Christmas Carol was through Mickey's Christmas Carol. And so we're going to talk about that. Of course, the, a little bit about the story of Christmas Carol. We have some fun kind of intro music that's... uh Kind of a nice way of getting a little bit of Christmas Carol kind of feel, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about Mickey's Christmas Carol, and uh, I dug up some information. Now, Heather, did you know that an act of generosity actually set things in motion for Alan Young to become Scrooge?
9: Alan Young, TV's Wilbur on Mister Ed, once helped carry Kreisel. <laughs> or Kreisel. Sorry, get into the entertainment industry. Kreisel later became an executive at Walt Disney Records in the
8: 1970s. Well, Gary never forgot what Mr. Young had done for him, and he invited him into his office one day. And he showed Alan Young several drawings of Disney characters dressed as Charles Dickens' characters. And the drawings had been part of a project that had once failed, but Gary Kreisel planned to revive the idea.
9: Alan Young had once been part of Dickens' society and was very familiar with the works of the author. He'd also spent a lot of his youth in Scotland and could easily draw from a very real Scottish accent.
8: Well, Alan agreed to bring Scrooge McDuck to life on a record from 1975 where McDuck would play his namesake, Scrooge, in a recording of the Disney Players' A Christmas Carol. And all of Charles Dickens' characters were played by prominent Disney characters such as Mickey Mouse and even Merlin.
9: Funnily enough, Alan Young actually voiced all three of those characters, Mickey, Scrooge, and Merlin. He even co-produced the recording of the script, written by Alan Diner.
8: Well, that record was a hit, and it sold tens of thousands every holiday season. And one of the fans of this recording was Bernie Mattinson. Mattinson joined Disney in 1953 at age 18 without any formal art training, and he started to work as an in-betweener for Lady and the Tramp less than six months later. His efforts can be seen in several classic Disney animated films. Now, do you know what an in-betweener is?
9: I have no idea what an in-betweener is. Well,
8: an in-betweener, okay, so for the initial animators, they'll go through, they'll draw all the pictures, and they'll animate, and you might have a little bit of a gap. Maybe the arm was moving down, and you'll have a little bit of that gap, because they're just trying to get through and get the major story thing. The in-betweener will fill in those drawings in between the original sets of animations, so you get that perfectly smooth motion. So, yeah, he was an in-betweener
9: uh bernie madison thought the record would make a great story for walt disney feature animation and went to ron miller who is currently the head of disney miller approved the idea and the team was quickly put together to bring mickey's christmas carol to the screen
8: mickey's christmas carol features the works of disney animators glenn Keane, david block and mark ken and of some other ones and they all had to reference mickey and mickey and the beanstalk since mickey hadn't been seen on the big screen in 30 years
9: this is also the first time Alan Alwine voiced Mickey Mouse. Or Wayne, excuse me. <laughs>
8: Wayne Alwine. <laughs> a bunch of Mickey Mouse fans just went boo! I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so this is like, and Wayne Alwine, well, he was Mickey for a long time. He was the third Mickey Mouse voice. Oh, okay. Which was awesome. I, I think he did a great job, and uh, his passing was a yeah. sad thing. And it was even fun that his wife was Minnie Mouse. Yeah. So really, was really cool. Was, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. But okay, so we were talking about this 1975 recording. Okay. Yes. Guess what I have? You have the recording. Yes, I have the nineteen seventy five recording. But before that, I even when I was looking up for information, I found the making of Mickey's Christmas Carol. So this is gonna be a long show, but it's gonna be fun. we're gonna first we'll hear about the making. So get a, a bit more information probably than what I just found. And then we'll actually hear the old nineteen seventy five LP. I'm excited, are you?
9: Uh sure.
8: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're just a bright ray of sunshine and happiness. Just call me Eeyore. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we try to call you Pixie Heather, but yeah. Eeyore you may be. Yeah. All right. But anyways, buckle up, kiddies. That we're in for a wild ride. Is going to be fun. To
5: Disney and beyond. Oh! Uh, what? What's that? Someone calling me? Oh. Hmm? All right, hold on. I'm coming, I'm coming. Hello, hello. Jiminy Cricket speaking.
0: Jiminy, you always wanted to produce a show.
5: It's the boss.
0: Yes. Well, how would you like to help us put together a brand new animated film? Me? Yes, you. Make it a Christmas story and see if Mickey and the rest of the gang will come back and lend us a hand. Okay. Oh, and by the way, Jiminy, have a good show, but watch the budget. Oh, dear.
5: Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself. Let's see now. Get Mickey and his gang, have a good show, but watch the budget. Watch the budget? Oh, heaven's defense.
0: Walt Disney Studios. Home to characters and stories spun from pure cinematic magic. But up until 1983, the Disney character who started the whole enchanted operation hadn't made a movie in 30 years.
5: Get Mickey Mouse on the phone.
0: Rounding up an all-star animated cast for Mickey's Christmas Carol was only the beginning. A production team of artists and technicians would have to be gathered to create a film that would stand proudly next to the Disney animated classics of the past. Coordinating the team's efforts was the job of director Bernie Mattinson. Bernie started work in the studio mailroom the same year his star, Mickey, made his last big-screen appearance in 1953. Thirty years later, Bernie became the one person most responsible for Mickey's historic
10: comeback. My job ostensibly was to uh, just start the story going, get the the, the individual pictures uh, drawn, um, so we could see what we had. And then it became a thing where we have to get it right into production, so uh, we had something like three or four weeks before we had to get it recorded and work. I kind of felt my role was sort of a a Tom Sawyer, in a way, where you were giving out the paintbrushes to the animators and they were painting your fence for you, you know, and uh, you inspire them to do it.
0: One of the first decisions facing Bernie involved matching the personalities of Disney's famous characters with the familiar names in Charles Dickens' classic Christmas tale. And when your audience knows your actors and story almost as well as you do, you want to be sure everyone is cast in just the right role. Uh,
10: The main characters in the story, of course, are are, uh, Scrooge McDuck and and Donald and Mickey. Uh, And beyond that, we brought back uh, uh, Jiminy Cricket for the first ghost, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past. And uh, then we brought back... uh, The Giant from Mickey and the Beanstalk. And in a sense, Mickey and the Beanstalk, uh, the picture itself was sort of a a guide for us on this picture, which was a half hour length. And uh, so we took The Giant from that, and he he played actually a contrast to Jiminy Cricket, who was so small, and he on the other hand was so large. And then Black Pete was brought in for the Christmas Future. And uh, a lot of people don't even remember Black Pete, but. he comes off pretty well too. Uh, then in the dance sequence we have uh, Daisy, uh, which is sc- young Scrooge's love life in the, in the middle of the picture when he goes back in his past. And we bring in several little characters from past pictures, like uh, Toad, he plays Fezziwig. So we try places to, to uh, bring old familiar faces back.
7: Mickey Mouse. He's at the country club.
5: The country club? Why didn't you tell me? Call for Mickey Mouse. Call for Mickey Mouse. Oh, oh, oh.
0: While the cast was being assembled, Bernie Mattinson began the crucial process of assigning characters to the animators who would bring them to life during the coming months. Animators Glenn Keane and David Block remember this critical phase of the pre-production process.
11: Bernie gets all the animators together in a room, and we gather in a circle, and then he's got a name of each character in his hand. Then he throws them all up in the air, and we all dive on each other <laughs> and fighting for it. Which one? I got Willie in. That's right. And I got
10: screwed. Yeah. Uh, certain animators are like actors; they just fit the part, and uh, so that's what we try to do: cast it to the to a person who wants to do it too. That's another thing. If he really wants to do it, it'll come off per- great.
12: A true story. He he uh, he would start you out on a character in and you know where, where he thought you might work out well, and if you found that you know if he liked your stuff and you found you you enjoyed working on that character that was that was great i mean he he wanted you to enjoy what you were working on cuz he knew he'd get the best performance out of you and out of your character if you really enjoyed that particular Characters. So that was that was all he needed to hear if if he found an animator that was very enthusiastic about a section of the movie He thought well if that guy really wants to do it, then he's going to give me the best performance and uh, That's what made him a very special director
10: the animators are like your uh, uh, Actors and so you talk the scene to him you get involved with the scene and you you uh... You try to probably sound even like the character, and you're trying to explain what what kind of action you'd do. Mickey, for instance, this uh, ah, just just trying to keep my hands warm, sir. He would be very uh, nervous, and he'd say, ah, "Just trying to keep my hands warm, sir," and he'd kind of sneak up there and quickly back to work. Uh, that's that, that would be Mickey. You know, he would not never be stand up and tell him off or anything. Donald Duck would, but not Mickey.
0: That's right, not Mickey. We all know Mickey's easy-going nature. Almost everyone has a storehouse of childhood memories featuring this thoroughly appealing personality.
4: Oh, Look at all the wonderful things to eat.
0: And from the first pose Mickey struck in his 1928 debut in Steamboat Willie, that special personality has captured the imaginations of audiences worldwide. Walt Disney explained his favorite cartoon creation as just a nice fellow who never does anybody any harm. Why, he's even been faithful to one girl, Minnie, all his life. Mickey is so simple and uncomplicated, so easy to understand that you just can't help liking him. Through 118 Mickey Mouse cartoons and two feature films, moviegoers not only understood this everyman of a mouse, they loved this uncomplicated hero. It was just this quality of constant, unassuming goodwill that made Mickey the perfect choice for the role of the overworked, underpaid Bob Cratchit in Mickey's Christmas Carol. While Mickey's personality remained unchanged over the years, his appearance evolved along with the constantly improving technique of the Disney animators. And befitting our perpetually youthful star, the artist chosen to animate Mickey wasn't even born when the mouse made his last
10: movie. Well, in the animators, uh, Mark Hen proved terrific when it came to Mickey and to Jiminy Cricket. He always wanted to do Mickey, and uh, he hadn't animated very much before, and he had done a test that was very promising. So we said, well, try some. And he started doing it, and he just blossomed. And uh, the Mickey we've got here, I think, stands up to the, the old pros of the past.
0: And whenever an animator like Mark wants to take a look at how those past Disney masters might have handled a particular sequence or action, they come here, to the Animation Research Library. Contained in aisle after aisle are examples of Disney animation dating back to the studio's earliest cartoons. If it can be imagined, it's probably been animated, catalogued, and filed here somewhere. For an animator, the research library is a goldmine of resources and inspiration.
13: Well, I'm down here taking a look at a Mickey scene from uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk that uh, Freddie Moore had animated. Freddie was uh, one of the top Mickey animators that the studio ever had. Matter of fact, he was fairly much responsible for the look and style of Mickey that we we know today. And. Uh, so he's kind of the pioneer of Mickey. What Freddie came up with was a lot more fluid shape in the body, and, which allowed for a, a lot looser, freer kind of animation, a little more expressive in that sense. And then with the addition to the pupil eyes, then they were able to get a little more expression you know, than what they had with the shoe button eyes. But basically, that's the biggest change or evolution as far as Mickey goes. Well, he's become more than just a cartoon character, and I think that has a lot to do with it. And people think of him as a friend, and uh, I think they're just happy to see him back again, you know. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, the fact that he's just more than just the drawings on paper, you know. But he he represents a a, a, a style, uh, a personality that you know, a lot of people like. He's just a very likable person, and uh, mouse and. Uh, I think, you know, it's good to see him back at work again.
14: i, I thought you were Pluto!
0: <laughs> and like any other movie star since the dawn of talkies, Mickey's personality depends not only on how he looks, but how he sounds. You know? The familiar falsetto of the world's favorite mouse has been mastered by only three individuals during Mickey's career. Disney sound editor Wayne Allwine, the newest voice of Mickey, is making his big screen debut in Mickey's Christmas Carol.
14: Ha! Uh, what well, Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Well, won't you come in? Here's my speaking voice. I go up a little bit higher and a little bit higher and, oh boy, Ha! Huh, there he is, right there. Now I can go higher or I can go lower. Uh, If you don't hit Mickey just right, here's an example. Ha, ha, oh boy, that's Mickey. Now, if I go down here and go, oh boy, that's Mickey. Well, it's not quite right. Or if I go too high, oh boy, ha, that's Mickey. It's not quite right, he sits in a very narrow area and you've got to pinpoint him.
5: Well said, Master Fred.
14: I'm Mickey Three. And the third person to do the voice, which implies to me, there will be a Mickey 4. So somewhere out there, there's got to be somebody who will eventually fill my shoes as I fill Jimmy's. Start practicing. <laughs> you never know. Nope, You never do.
0: Wayne's predecessor was veteran Disney sound man, Jimmy McDonnell. Back during the making of Mickey and the Beanstalk, Jimmy, too, stepped
14: into someone else's shoes. Walt it called me. I was on the stage here, and, he, and his girl called me and said, Can you come up? Walt wants to see you. It was in the middle of the... Uh Mickey and the Beanstalk and I went up he said I can't do it anymore I'm just too busy so he asked me if I could do a Mickey voice and I tried it and he said yeah that sounds pretty good and so he said to the fellows there after this call call Jim don't call me I'm too bloody busy 20
5: 30 40 boy what a lifeline
14: it wasn't in either case a situation where Jimmy and I solicited the part it was sort of given to us it, it's it's very very strange though that the succession goes from Walt to Jimmy who was a sound effects man, to myself, who was another sound effects man, and strangely enough, it just happened to be the fellow they picked to learn Jim's job as a sound effect. I know that one day I was doing something, and Walt came on the dialogue stage, and, uh... I was doing something, and when Walt left, he turned around to the fellow, and he said, Hey, don't forget, I do Mickey's voice, too. Oddly enough, one of the most famous voices heard in
0: Mickey's Christmas Carol is also one of the hardest to understand, and it's even harder to imitate.
5: Wow,
11: wow, wow. <laughs> <the> cheek, huh? <laughs> quack, quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice try, folks. But no one rivals the original voice of Donald Duck when it comes to sounding mad.
7: Don't mad. I never get
6: mad. No, you never get mad. That's right. I'm a You're an actor, and that explains it
0: all. For <laughs> Donald's entire 50-year showbiz career, Clarence Ducky Nash has supplied the unforgettable squawk behind the world's favorite feathered hothead.
6: He has all the, uh... I say attributes of a human being who expresses sorrow, sadness and a little mischief, a lot of laughter.
5: Wow) <laughs> Yeah,
0: we're pals. That's right. Ducky and Donald debuted in a Disney cartoon titled The Wise Little Hen in 1934. And they've been quacking up audiences around the world ever since. Unlike Mickey, no one ever accused Donald of being just a nice guy. The style and temperament of this volatile duck made him a character the Disney animators could really stretch their wings with. Donald's quick-boiling temper and unmistakable voice made him an all-time favorite with audiences. He starred in no less than 128 cartoons and in some of Disney's most innovative animated features. In 1937, Donald co-starred with the lovely Donna Duck, who later became Daisy Duck and became a calming influence in Donald's hectic life. A good thing, too, because one year later, three mischievous new arrivals entered the picture. Donald's nephews. Clearly, Donald was a character audiences could sympathize with. But would there be a spot for an irascible star like Donald in Mickey's new film?
5: Oh, there's a nice part for you, too, my fine-feathered friend. Donald? Don't tell me Donald is.
6: Yes, Mr. Cricket. Donald's on vacation. Oh no. I'm afraid so, Mr. Cricket.
5: Oh, the problems of a producer. Okay. Good, good, sure hand. Donald, how nice of you to return. Don't me. You're a step, fly. I'm on my Donald, my boy, this show will be a vacation. Okay.
0: With Donald about to be offered the role of nephew Fred, the team turned its energy to the part of Ebenezer Scrooge. In an inspired bit of typecasting, the role went to Disney's money loving star Scrooge McDuck i did primarily scrooge in the picture and uh he
12: became more fun as as we got Deeper into the movie, because in the early part of the picture he's supposed to be real cratchety and real miserly, and and I found myself just getting into the character. I was sitting at my desk all hunched over so much because he was kind of in that attitude a lot. And then as he gets into the the bedroom sequence where he's talking to Jiminy Cricket, I did all the Scrooges in that in that section, and he loosens up a little bit. And then at the end, when he gets the Christmas spirit, he's real happy. And uh, and I've, I've enjoyed that more because he had more vitality and he was a real, real uh, go-getter at the end. And uh, so I sort of used to go home in the early going with stiff necks. And by the end of the picture, uh, uh, he was in a good mood, so I
0: used to go home in a good mood. The voice of Scrooge was provided by film and TV veteran Alan Young, who brought a special interest of his own to the production. I guess about
1: five years ago, my partner and I, Alan Dinehart, wrote a uh, comedy version of the Dickens' Christmas Carol f- for records. And uh, I did most of the voices, Alan did some, my other partner, Alan, did some. And we thought that was the end of it. Until uh, one day I heard somebody was auditioning for the voice of Scrooge McDuck. And he said, could you teach me how to do a Scottish accent? And I said, sure I will. And I picked up the script and it was something I'd written. So I called up the studios and I said, won't you audition me too? And they said, oh, would you like to do it? I said, certainly would. And that was that. Aye, he always was a little peculiar and stubborn. I was born in Tynemouth and moved to Edinburgh when I was about six years old, raised in a Scottish community. And I fought to get rid of my accent when I came to America. And now I can get it back fairly easily. What's this world
3: coming to, Cratchit? You work all your life to get money, and people want you to give it away. Bah humbug to Christmas. And that's Scrooge McDuck. Oh, he's naughty, he's nasty, but he changes.
12: Uh, I worked on Scrooge Donald and Jiminy, and Jiminy's just a real bright, perky kind of character, and, uh, and he's a good contrast to Scrooge, especially in that part of the picture where he's, they're in the bedrooms. Uh, uh, Jiminy is trying to sort of instill some Christmas spirit into him and, uh, and Scrooge is just the cynic. Why,
5: <laughs> I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, I thought you'd be taller. Hmm. Listen, Scrooge, if men were measured by kindness, you'd be no bigger than a speck of dust. Uh-huh. <laughs> kindness
1: is of little use in this world.
12: They worked off of each other real well. You have the the ultimate optimist in Jiminy and the ultimate pessimist in Scrooge. And you worked on Goofy and Willie. Yeah, well, Goofy was a a challenge. There was a
11: challenge in every character in this picture because of the, the part the character was playing sometimes didn't meet up exactly to the part the character was. You know what I'm saying? Like, Goofy is a, a fumbling, bumbling idiot type of a character. But he had to play Marley, who has to scare Scrooge somehow. And so that was a big problem, you know. How are we gonna get this funny character to be frightening to Scrooge? And that was, uh, I think we handled it successfully. Ebenezer, remember
4: when I was alive, I robbed the widows and swindled the poor?
3: Yes, and all in the same day. Oh, you had class, Jacob? (laughs) Yep. Oh, no, no! I was wrong! And so
4: as punishment, I'm forced to carry these heavy chains through eternity! Maybe even longer. There's no hope.
5: I'm doomed!
4: Doomed! And the same thing will happen to you, Ebenezer Scrooge. No. <gasps>
5: No, it, it can't. It mustn't. First, you have to look at Goofy. You have to see a picture of what you, you uh, the voice you're depicting. And then you say, well, now, he's only got two teeth in front, but they stick out. So you stick your teeth out so you get
4: that sort of a uh, funny sound, you know. And then you try to come up with uh, different kinds of laughs. Oh, <laughs> gosh, you know, the kind he does. Or, <laughs> or whatever the laugh might be, but you always have to remember that you are doing the character they're drawing on the screen. And you have to overact. <laughs> yep.
0: A big plus for the animators is being able to watch the actors as they record their character voices. For, for me, getting to know Will Ryan doing Willie was really
11: helpful. Just, um, because I, I guess there was so much life that I could see in him in person, you know, coming that he was putting into the character It was, you know, I knew I had to at least get that much into Willie.
8: For Willie the Giant, when uh, I was asked to audition uh, for that part, um, I went back and, and, and looked at uh, Fun and Fancy Free, the uh, uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk sequence, uh, where Billy Gilbert uh, did the voice of uh, Willie the Giant. Well, one of the lines, for example, was uh, Scrooge is describing some uh, food that's surrounding him, so I thought it would be nice to pull a line from the original film and have Willie say, Don't forget
4: the chocolate pot roast
8: with yogurt." And Glenn Keane did a beautiful job of animating that. It's not vital that you look like a complete idiot when you're doing these voices, but it does help. It really does, because, uh, and it's one of the few chances to really be a ham actor and get away with eating the scenery.
5: Jiminy what's up yeah what's up oh glad to have you fellows aboard now uh here's the scoop I'm producing a show and uh, you three boys are my stars (laughs) now uh, we'll start from the beginning oh
0: that's a good place to start with the addition of music, sound effects, and the pre-recorded character voices, the illusion is complete as one of the world's best loved holiday tales comes to life. After countless hours of story sessions, thousands of drawings, sketches, and painted cells, and lots of late nights at the studio, the return to the screen of the world's most popular mouse is finally a reality. Thank you, sir. the resulting film is a classic addition to the fabled disney heritage will, and for bernie mattinson and his talented staff mickey's christmas carol is also
10: something more i think we're all basically kids that work here it's uh <laughs> it's sort of one of those enchanted college cottages you know and uh, i don't think we ever think of ourselves other than then kids and I look at executives walking by, and and they have these nice suits on and so forth, and I think, what are those guys working here for? This is for us kids, you know?
7: (laughs) And God blesses everyone.
5: And so the story ends. Fade out, the end. what a job. The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwa and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on TechnoRetroDads.com, part of the glass Digital Network.
3: I want to tell you a story. It's about Christmas. Oh, it's not the usual Christmas story. This is a scary one, all about witches and ghosts. It was London, on a cold and bitter morning, the day before Christmas. And I, Ebenezer Scrooge, was walking to my counting house.
5: Merry
3: Christmas! Merry Christmas to one and all! Give a penny for the poor. Penny for the poor. Hmm. December 24th. Just seven years ago today, my partner, Jacob Marley, died. Old Marley. He robbed the widows, stole from the orphans, swindled the poor. (laughs) They don't make men like Marley anymore. In his will, he left me enough money to pay for his tombstone. (laughs) And I had him buried at sea. Oh, he'd have been proud of me. I was greeted by my faithful clerk, Bob Cratchit. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Cratchit, what are you doing with that piece of coal in your hand? Uh, uh, I was going to put it in the stove. You put a piece of coal in the stove last week. What are you trying to do, Raise tomatoes? No, I was just trying to thaw out the ink. Bah, get on with your work. Mr. Scrooge, uh, tomorrow is Christmas... And I was wondering if I could have half a day off. Christmas, eh? Well, mm, I suppose so. But I'll dock you half a day's pay. Now, let's see. I pay you two shillings a day. Uh, two shillings and a halfpenny, sir. Oh, yes. I gave you that raise three years ago. Yes, sir, when I started doing your laundry. All right, Cratchit. Get busy while I go over my books. Oh, and here. Here's another bundle of shirts for you. Yes, sir. Mm, let's see. Macduff owes me.
2: <laughs>
3: I owe McDougal. <sighs> ah, money, money, money. The only thing that counts with me is money. Ah, the only thing I'm counting on is cash. The happiest time of day is when I put my coins away. Lock them up, bolt the door and dream about my stash. As a philanthropic fella, I'm a failure. But as a miser, I'm a smash. The only thing that counts for me is M-O-N-E-Y. You see, the only thing I'm counting on is Cash. The only thing that counts with him is money, money. the only thing he's counting on is
7: gold, uh-huh. nobody could exceed this individual for greed,
3: Scrooge is cheap, but a greed is hard as we can uh-huh. they tell you that you cannot buy contentment, oh, but that philosophy is trash! The only thing that counts with me is M-O-N-E-Y. You see, the only thing I'm counting on is cash.
7: The only thing that counts with him is money. money. The only thing he's counting on is gold. Nobody could exceed this
3: individual for green. Scrooge is cheap, what a creep, his heart is really cold. I tell you that you cannot buy contentment. Oh, I'm sorry, look that. Philosophy is trash. I didn't mean it. The, the only, only thing that counts with me is him or why you, you see, The only thing I'm counting on is cash, cash, cash money.
7: money.
3: <laughs> Merry Christmas! And a Merry Christmas to you, Master Fred. My Uncle Scrooge. I ain't going to be buying it together. Who's there? Oh, nephew. What do you want? Tis a work day, you know. Merry Christmas, Uncle Scrooge. Humbug, I say. Bah, humbug. I'll tell you what Christmas is. It's just another work day. And any jackanapes who thinks else should be boiled in his own pudding. Oh. Oh. But, Mr. Scrooge, is it your intent to work on Christmas? Right. You keep Christmas in your way, and I'll keep it in mine. Ah, oh, come on. But, sir, Christmas is a time of year for giving. A, a, a time to be charitable. A time to be with one's family. I say, bah, humbug. I don't care. I say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well said, Master Fred. Cratchit, what are you doing? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, just, uh, I'm trying to keep my hands warm, sir. And what are you doing here, nephew? I've come to invite you to Christmas dinner. Oh. I uh, i suppose you're going to have a plump goose with chestnut dressing? Yes. And will you have plum pudding and lemon sauce? Yes. With roast squab and pickled raisins? Yes, yes. And candied fruits with spiced sugar cakes? Yes, will you come. You daft man, you know I can't eat that stuff. Out, out, out! But, sir, Master Fred has brought us a Christmas wreath. May I hang it on our door? You do, and I'll hang one on you.
5: Here's your wreath. And a bar Christmas.
3: And here's your wreath back. <laughs> and bar humbugs. Christmas. And a bar humbug to you. <laughs> that boyfriend, always so full of forgiveness and, and love. Yes, he always was a little weird. I'll tell you how Christmas ought to be. Everybody ought to get up early, but not to see the presents neath the tree. If Christmas cheer they're looking for, a cup of tea's enough to pour, that's the way Christmas ought to be. How about a Christmas stroll this morning? A walk to work is healthy, all agree? Let's cut out this good neighbor day and add another labor day. That's the way Christmas ought to be. Bah, humbug. Bah, humbug. No Christmas carols for me. Bah, humbug. That's my song and I'll sing it happily. Bah, 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 bah humbug. Cratch it. What is all this talk about a day off? Employees think so inconsistently. If they don't work on Christmas Day, then we shall take it from their pay. That's the way Christmas ought to be. Ah, customers. I'll handle this, Cratchit. Yes, uh, what can I do for you two gentlemen? Ah, uh, Mr. Marley? No, no, I'm Mr. Scrooge. But no matter, what is it you want? Sir, so we are soliciting funds for the uh, indigent and destitute. For the what? We're collecting for the poor. Oh, and you want me to give you money for the poor? Yes, yes sir. Why, here in London, there are thousands of poor people for whom we must raise money. Now, let me see. Uh, do you do this all year
1: long? Oh, my, yes. It's a big job raising money for the poor.
3: Ah, then this is your job raising money for the poor. Yes, Mr. Scrooge. Well, you realize if you give money to the poor, then they won't be poor anymore, will they? Well, uh. And if they're not poor anymore, then you won't have to raise money for them anymore. Well, I suppose. And if you don't have to raise money for them anymore, then you would be put out of a job. And on Christmas Eve. Oh, please, gentlemen, don't ask me to put you out of a job. Not on Christmas Eve. Oh, we wouldn't do that, Mr. Scrooge. All right, both of you. Out, out, out! And take your pot and your pennies for the poor with you. (coughs) What's the world coming to, Cratchit? You work all your life to get money, and people want you to give it away. What time is it? Two minutes till closing time, sir. Well, never mind working those two minutes. You may go now. Oh, Oh, thank you, sir. You are so very kind. Never mind that mushy stuff. Just go. And you can come in two minutes early the day after Christmas to make up the time. I will. I will, sir. And a ba humbug to... I mean, a Merry Christmas to you, sir. At length, the hour for shutting my counting house arrived. And with an ill will, I put on my great coat and carefully locked the door. Outside, fog and darkness had set in and it was bitter cold. As I walked the crowded street, I took no notice of the merry people hurrying home to their loved ones. Wipe your way for a penny, sir. I'm used to this fog, you beggar. I can find my own way. And find my way, I did, to my usual melancholy tavern, to order my even more melancholy supper. Upon finishing my meager repast, I made my way through the fog to my gloomy suite of rooms. Reaching the dark yard, something strange met my eye. It was the door knocker. Whoa. For a moment, the door knocker took on the face of my late partner, Whoa. Jacob Marley. I Whoa. pinched his nose. What smart. No, that can't be. Door knockers don't speak. It, 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 it's simply a fragment of my imagination. It, it, it's a of my fadgium. Bah! Humbug! I was understandably shaken by this ghostly vision. As I walked upstairs, I heard what seemed to be footsteps close behind me. They seemed to be dragging something. Chains, it would appear. No, no, it's... It's imagination. Yes, a fragment of fish. Uh, f- f- figgles of my fudges. Oh, here's the door. I hurried into my room and shut the door. And locked it. And chained it. And bolted it. Ah. Who is it? Ooh. Unhindered by the heavy door, the chain, the locks, and the bolts. The ghost of Jacob Marley passed into the room before my frightened eyes. A cold chill enveloped my whole body. My teeth began to chatter. My knees began to knock. And my eyes popped.
4: Now that you finished the number, I'd like to talk to you. What do you want of me? Who are you? <laughs> Ask me not who I am. Ask me who I was. Okay, who was you? Scrooge, don't you recognize me? <laughs> Your old partner, Jacob
3: Marley. Jacob Marley, it is you. But but you're a ghost. I can see right through you. But then I always could. And those chains. Why are you wearing those chains? I don't know. Chains are in this year. But Jacob, what is it
4: you want of me? I have an important message for you, Scrooge. You know, when I was alive, I robbed the widows and stole from the orphans and swindled the poor.
3: Yes, and all in the same day. Oh, you had class, Jacob,
4: class. Yes, but I was wrong, Ebenezer. I was so wrong. I was a penny pincher. I saved every coin. I lived on bread and water, never tenderloin. I robbed and rooked my neighbors, the kids I was one kind. And when I needed pencils, I stole them from the blind. Alas, it's much too late for me, neither. Cause I didn't find out in time That being tight is not alright Now I must wear these chains at night That's why I'm singing you the song <laughs> Being tight is not alright even either is alright <laughs> So stop and take a look now Before it's too late For when you die your chains will be a mighty heavy weight so when the spirit beckons, better do as you are told. Remember, Ebenezer, <laughs> you're getting very old. It may not be too late for you, Ebenezer, if you'll only find out in time. But being tight is not all right, you needn't wear these chains at night. That's why I'm a-saying you this song, being tight is not all right. It's all wrong. <laughs> and so, as a punishment, Ebenezer, I'm forced to carry these heavy chains throughout eternity. Maybe even longer. And they're very uncomfortable, the, bull, the double. And there's no hope. I'm doomed. Doomed! And the same thing can happen to you, Ebenezer Scrooge. No, no, it can't, it mustn't. Help me, Jacob, what can I do? Gosh, I don't know. Oh, (laughs) Uh, tonight you will be visited by three spirits, a ghost. Listen to them, do what they say, or your chain will be heavier than mine. But Jacob, tell me why. I gotta go now,
3: these chains are killing me. Ooh, ow. All right, Marley. Look, look, careful where you're going. Watch out for that first. Whoa! Oh God. Oh, oh Step! <coughs> I was much shaken by this ghostly vision as I tried to go to sleep. It seemed I'd been abed only a moment when the clock started to strike the hour. I heard the ghostly evil wind. Then appeared in the dim light before me a strange figure dressed in a pointed cap with moons and stars on it. He wore a dress-like cloak that fell well below his knees, clearly last year's fashion. Are you the spirit I've been expecting? Who are you? I pray thee, ask me not who I am, rather ask me what I am. Okay, what am you? I am Merlin, the magician. Look, Merlin, I'm in no mood for
1: card tricks.
3: I am the ghost of Christmas past. It is my intention to perform a wondrous feat of magic. I will whisk you into your past when you are but a youth, in a faraway time and in a faraway place. How will I get there? I am Merlin, and with my magical powers, I will fly you. Come, take my hand. And with that we were through the window and flying over the darkened city. Suddenly it was light, and then I saw something I remembered from a long time ago. It was the Fuzzywig Cottage, just as I had remembered it. As I peered through the window, I beheld a Christmas party in progress. Old Mr. Fuzzywig was playing the violin, and the children were dancing. One of them was me as a lad.
7: Oh, Scaly
3: right there under the Christmas tree What a happy holiday for you and me Madeline, that little boy with the velvet suit The button shoes and the beaver hat with the ribbon down the back but that's me Yes, your mother dressed you funny But that was before you became a miserable miser Consumed with greed Well, nobody's perfect And there, there's the lovely Isabel. I was so shy but I remember how much I was in love with her. Ebenezer. Ebenezer. Yes, Isabel? My eyes are closed,
4: my lips are puckered, and I'm standing under the mistletoe.
3: You're also standing on my foot.
7: Oh, what a merry Christmas, this is under the mistletoe. Candle, light, and kids, and kisses, one from the fire's glow. Pretty presents, giddy wrapped, they're under the Christmas tree. What a happy Happy holiday for you and me! With you I'll go need the mistletoe, just you and no one else! We'll make this moment last a lifetime, or at least till the snowman melts! Soon the evening will be over under the mistletoe! Let us dance the Christmas waltz before it's time to go! Years
3: from now I'll still recall The night so long ago When a Christmas kiss you gave to me Under the mistletoe A score and five years have passed now, Ebenezer Scrooge. Look down there. Your first year in the counting.
9: Ebenezer!
3: Yes, Isabel? What can I do for you?
4: For years I've had this honeymoon cottage, Ebenezer! I've been waiting for you to keep your promise to marry me. Now I must know. Have
3: you made your decision? I have. Your last payment on the cottage was seven minutes late. I'm foreclosing the mortgage. You love your gold more than that precious creature. I can't stand it. Haunt me no more. Take me home. And in a flash, I was back in my bed. Oh, I thought. was but a dream. Here it was past two o'clock, and no spirit had appeared. There was no ghost, no Christmas past. The whole thing had been a bad nightmare. But then, I became aware of a huge shadow appearing in my room. Suddenly, the room became light.
4: <laughs> and there was a giant of a man.
3: I'm sorry I'm late, but
4: uh, I had a problem with the little boy named Jack. What that kid did with a beanstalk, uh, you wouldn't believe.
3: I had never seen a bigger man or a fatter man.
4: <laughs> Have you ever seen a fatter ghost than me? <laughs> uh, I'm, so fat, uh, that, uh, I'm so fat that, I'm so fat that... How fat are you? I'm so fat that when I'm in the room, no matter where you look, I am. <laughs> I am the spirit of Christmas present. What do you do? Uh, Don't ask me what I do. Uh, ask me what I did. Okay. What did you did? Uh, I have filled the room with all of the good things that you have withheld from your fellow man.
3: Uh, look! Spilling out of a huge cornucopia for all manner of exotic foods. Suckling pigs, turkeys, wreaths of sausages, fruitcakes, mince pies, and a prune danish to go. As I reached for a corned beef on rye, the giant stopped. We have no time for that
4: now. Uh, We have a long way to travel, and we must fly. Take hold of my robe. Uh, Not back there, uh, unless you want to fly
3: tourists. I took hold of his robe, and we were off. In a moment... We were at Bob Cratchit's humble cottage. Looking through the window, we beheld the family, seated around the dinner table. On Bob's right was his son, Tiny Tim. What is Cratchit doing? Carving a canary?
4: What would you expect with the meagre wage you bestow upon him? Uh, two
3: shillings a day? Ah, uh, two shillings and a halfpenny. He does my laundry.
4: Listen, Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, listen...
3: Uh, don't eat yet, my dear family. There's more to come. On top of this marvelous bird, we have one raisin each. Ooh! Half a walnut. Ah. Ah. Two grapes. Ooh! Ah. Now, before we start, let's not forget the man who made this glorious feast possible, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Please, not when we're eating. Dear wife, this is the season of goodwill to men. What do you say, Tiny Tim? I say thank you, Mr. Scrooge. And God bless us, everyone. That's right. <laughs> you see, we've got a Christmas tree. Well,
1: it's just as small as
5: a holly sprig, but we got a goose. And it's as tiny as a sparrow. And but we, we have love. A- we I guess there won't be any pretty toys to cheer our little girls and boys. Because,
3: well, our Christmas budget is it's much too narrow. But when we have love. We have
7: love. We don't. Oh, it's, it's smaller than a single plum. But today, we'll share with one another. We'll, we'll share our love, we have love
4: They are blessing you, Ebenezer Scrooge. You who have supplied them with such a paltry fare.
3: Oh, but surely they have more food than that. Look at that huge pot boiling on the stove. Yeah, that's your laundry. We don't have everything we want.
5: Fortunately, it's smaller than a single plum. But today, we'll share with one another. We'll share our love. We have love.
3: I turned to the spirit. He was gone. The Cratchit house was gone. I was back in my bed. <laughs> Suddenly, I was confronted by an old witch... ...shrouded in a deep black gown. I feared this specter more than all the others... ...for she was the ghost of the future... ...the spirit of things to come. She grasped me with a gnarled and bony hand... ...and whisked me through the calendars of time... ...into the future. We were back at the Clatchett house... ...but what a change... No longer were there happy songs coming from within. <laughs> Looking through the window, I saw the family gathered around the table as before. But now, the chair and Bob Cratchit's right was empty. Tiny Tim was gone. Spirit of the future, what does this mean? <laughs> no, no, I didn't want this to be. I wanted Tiny Tim to get well. That sweet darling boy. now found myself in a churchyard where two gravediggers were engaged in their gruelish occupation
1: that does it Tamper it down tight Charlie
3: you know Harold I never saw a funeral like this one right there was nobody about no mourners, no friends no one to shed a tear or bid him farewell spirit, I can't look
4: tell me, whose lonely grave is that? Just read the inscription on the tombstone. It's you, Ebenezer Scrooge, the richest man in the
3: cemetery. <laughs> oh. Oh, no, no, I don't want my life to end this way. I want another chance. The spirits of Christmas past, present, and future shall live within me. <laughs> oh no, no spirits! Please, I beg you. Please. Where am I? I'm back in my own bed. And those bells, it must be... It is. It's Christmas morning. Oh, I want to hear those beautiful bells. I want to see the morning. Yes, I can be a new man. I will honor Christmas in my heart and keep it all the year. Merry Christmas, everybody. What a glorious Christmas morning! What a glorious Christmas morning! What a day this is going to be! All over the
7: world the Christmas bells Ring out the happiest of Noels! Let's all share this timely thought It's better to give than receive! What a glorious Christmas morning After our Christmas Eve! Year, when children's eyes have a special call from joy that only a child can know old oh, saint nick has come to call surprises up this week what a glorious christmas morning after our christmas
3: eve merry christmas to you madam oh why Merry christmas mr screw oh, i like the sound of that Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas to you, Mister Scrooge. Well, bless me. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, well, well, good, good, uh, aren't you the two fine gentlemen who came to my office gathering money for the poor? Yes. But you never gave us a penny. No, and I'm not going to give you a penny. But how does twenty gold sovereigns sound to you? Twenty gold sovereigns? Oh no! Not enough. Eh? I thought so. Well, all right. Forty gold, sovereigns. Oh, no, Mr. Scrooge. Still not enough? All right. Eighty gold pieces. What do you say? Oh, I... I, 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 Ah, you drive a hard bargain. One hundred gold pieces and not a penny more. Here you are. Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Thank you, and Merry Christmas to you.
2: They won't know
3: me. They won't know me. They won't recognize the miser they abhor. They won't know me. They won't know me. I'll be someone they can practically adore. They won't know me. I'll be homie, like a grandpa with a kitty on my knee. With a smile upon my geezer, they'll say, that's not Ebenezer. They won't know me. Let's all share this we thought. It's
7: better to give than receive. What a glorious Christmas morning after our Christmas Eve.
3: I went to the butcher shop and bought the biggest turkey I could get. Then, with my arms laden with presents, I took myself to the Cratchit Cottage.
5: Why, Mr. Scrooge!
3: What? I came to tell you bah, humbug. (laughs) And to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge. Yes, Merry Christmas. Everyone, look who's here. It's Mr. Scrooge. Yes, it's Mr. Scrooge. And I've brought Christmas present for you and all the children. Oh. And something for Mrs. Cratchit, too. Oh, thank you, Mr. Scrooge. But, Mr. Scrooge, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? Why, only yesterday you told me Christmas was a time for giving. Well, now I'll tell you what Christmas is. It is a time that once a year, men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and celebrate the joy of the season. Mr. Scrooge,
5: Oh, We're awful glad to see you. Uh, come on, and sit for a while by the tree. Take off your hat and coat. And we light a fire and warm the
3: house. Ah, this is the way Christmas ought to be. It is? I want to thank you for this lovely welcome. Oh, you're welcome. I've learned my lesson well, as you can see. At Christmas time, I've missed so much—the love of friends, the family touch. This is the way Christmas ought to be. Oh, I can't believe it! Ah, humbug! Ah, humbug! No more of that for me. I've got a brand new song, and I'll sing it happily. Merry, merry, merry Christmas! Merry, merry. So let the bells ring out the Christmas message, and let the carol sing so merrily. Now, quoting from Bob Cratchit's son, God bless us, each and every one. This is the way Christmas ought to be. This is the way, this is the way Christmas
7: ought to be.
3: The next morning, I was
1: early at my counting house.
3: Oh, I was early there. As early as Bob Cratchit was late. Well, Cratchit... Good, good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, indeed. You're late, Cratchit. You're eighteen minutes late. Have you a guess at what I'm going to do? You're going to discharge me, sir? No. I'm going to give you a raise. Oh what? Fetch the coal, scuttle, build the fire. Warm the counting house. The warmth of Christmas love will dwell in this place every day of the year. Let it be said that no one will ever keep Christmas as well as Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs>
8: was fun wasn't it yeah yeah well so we've got some good Christmas stuff but I, we got to remind everybody about our Patreon link that can be found at, at neverlandpodcast.com do you know what fun we're doing with Patreon
9: uh what fun are we doing with Patreon? Well
8: everybody who donates to Patreon every month, I'm gonna take half of that and it goes to give kids the world. They take the terminally ill children and take them down to Disney World. They have a whole ranch and everything. Doesn't that sound cool? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So if everybody donates to me, then it gets donated to them and everybody's happy. But we hope y'all come back next week, don't we? Yes. <laughs> we'll we'll give you one word answers and you can be smiling. That's fun. <laughs> I'm not giving you much to go on here. But anyways, Merry Christmas. Have a great week. We are going to have a show next week, and I'm still going to have some Christmas fun, I think, next week because it's so close to Christmas. Why should I change anything? Yeah. Anyways, Merry Christmas, everybody, and God bless. Merry Christmas.
6: Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on twitter.com slash and facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright blue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyrighted of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Good night, Neverland!
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.